Hello and Happy New Year from Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Kicking off our second round of New Year's Nicktoons, I'll be your New Year's baby, Dave Trumbore. <laughs> Joining me as always, my super strong and super naked co-host, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, buddy? David, David, David. I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm a little, uh, maybe not concerned, just curious as to what's uh, uh, what's going on with your super of, nakedness tonight. Just did one of those polar bear plunges. Ah, that explains it. Uh, as a cosplay character, though. Oh, so you didn't actually do it? No, no, I did it. But I did it in character. Wow. Like I dressed in cosplay. It's just naked. That's dedication, though. Yeah, yeah. I went as a. Uh, you may you may have known him. Uh, it's from a little little short called Action League Now. Oh yeah, that actually does sound familiar. Yeah, I, uh, I went as the Flesh. Oh, the Flesh. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. I went as Stinky Diver, and it did not <laughs> do well. Uh, nobody well, really people, wanted to come up and hang out. Well, a lot of people are also probably mildly upset because you're supposed to be doing like a, a polar bear plunge where you run into a freezing cold lake but yeah. you were wearing thermals yeah no totally i can't do the cold thing i was just in full you know wetsuit i was already in the water when people jumped in maybe that <laughs> freaked them out a little <laughs> with like a harpoon gun i mean yeah that's <laughs> cosplay yeah yeah no i was that's just justified. totally in you know totally Look, into this thing dedicated i can't i can't i understand you can't bring that harpoon gun to a no. con so you gotta you gotta find other ways to incorporate your cosplay into everyday life yeah in real life situations it just, you know, just didn't work out the way I thought it would, but hell of a way to start off the new year. Uh, of course, my friends, we were talking about Kablam, one of Nickelodeon's Nicktoons. This is actually, I'm excited to be getting into this because this is our second round of New Year's Nicktoons. We did the first four ever, which are kind of like the classics. We did those last year. We're going to have links up on our page to those in case you missed them. But that was, you know, Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, and then I believe Rocco's Modern Life. Yep, and then yep. we, we actually covered Ah Real Monsters uh, during a Halloween special, too. So we actually did cover five of them. Four of them just happened to be in New Year's Nicktoons. And now I'm happy to say this is the second round of that to kick off 2016. So Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, guys and gals. Good times. And robots. Yeah, and robots. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> in the year 2016. Oh, boy. <laughs> so in case you're not super familiar with what exactly Kablam was, I feel like the other ones are kind of like household names. Everybody knows what they were. They had movies made about them, a lot of merchandise. Kablam was a whole different beast entirely. So we're going to walk you through the history. Sean's going to kick us off with that. Right. So Kablam is an American animated sketch comedy that ran on Nickelodeon from 1996 to 2000. The show was developed as a fully animated showcase for alternative forms of animation that were more common in indie films and commercials. Each episode featured a collection of short films in multiple innovative styles of animation bridged by the characters Henry and June, who I remember so fondly the second they jumped up on the screen. Yeah. Henry and June would introduce the shorts and have adventures of their own in between these different shorts. Although Snick aired many Nicktoons, Kablam! was the only Nicktoon created specifically for Snick. Yeah, and if you're unfamiliar with that. Snick, yeah. it was Nickelodeon. It was Saturday Night Nickelodeon. That's right. It was the big orange couch, if I remember yeah, correctly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was always wanted had, one of those uh, in the house. Yeah, yeah who, who didn't? Yeah. When you watched... When you watched Nickelodeon mm -hmm. back in the day and they did stuff like Super Toy Run and Big Orange Couch and sliming everybody that was, you know, possibly on screen at any point, how could you not want to be involved with all of those exciting, awesome, fun, cool-looking things that 
everybody else is having such a grand time. You're like, I want to get involved in that. And they're like, do it. Just send a self-addressed, you know, stamped yeah, envelope, yeah. you know, and uh, enter into these contests. And I, I, I did. Yeah. I mean, who didn't, honestly? Yeah. I did all the time. Went through so many damn stamps. My parents are probably just like, all right. I think they actually got smart. They were like, you write the letter put it in an envelope and we will put in a put a stamp on it for you and put it in the mail that those fuckers went right in the trash i'm sure yeah, oh, yeah. i'm sure they're just whoop. like letter letters to santa well and letters that had my hopes and dreams in them yeah they all go <laughs> to the same place this is crumpled. why i just i just throw my mail in the air at this point because <laughs> it accomplishes about the same amount of things. dave's postal service is known for 100 look if you were going to do anything make sure that you're doing 100 percent. and the best thing about dave's postal service 100 percent, your letter is not going to fucking get delivered no we're we have a much better uh failure rate than stamps.com at this point we're <laughs> roughly on the same level as the u.s post office or panitney bows yeah we're, we're all in the same ballpark it's a little spinoff we've done here Yikes. Uh, but this, since Kablam is just kind of such like a, a wide-ranging thing, we've actually got a bit more history for you guys. So the segment creators for this show include David Fain, Tim Hill, Steve Holman, Emily Hubley, Mark Merrick, Mike Perlstein, Mo Willems, and Coat Zellers. And I feel like you've probably never heard of those names. I never have. So I feel like just to give them at least one shout-out here on the podcast would be a nice thing to do because there were so many segments that were created for this show over the over the years. You have to give them their due. Uh, right. The theme song, which we'll definitely get into here in a second, the theme song and all the original background music on the show was provided by the Moon Ska Stompers, a band composed of King Django, Victor Rice, and members of the Toasters and the New York Ska Jazz Ensemble. Uh, the music so in this thing was one of my favorite things. Once it, once it queued up when we started watching it, um, it definitely took me back. Yeah. Took me back, not uh, back. Yeah. I was actually really surprised to read that it was the Toasters because I actually saw the Toasters perform in oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. At Club Laga. Yeah. Yeah. When it was still, when it was still around. Right. Um, and so that was, and I, I loved, I guess I started probably listening to Ska in 90. I was going to say it was the mid 90s. So like this thing fit so right. So it was like third, yeah, right like third wave ska was in full effect at that time. Um, I had no idea that it was the, the moon ska stompers uh, until we were doing a little bit of research for this. Yeah, and so exactly. uh, it makes sense that even when I was 16 years old, I was still absolutely watching this show on television yeah. because uh, maybe just subconsciously for the music, maybe just because I like cartoons. Uh, yeah. I think both are totally acceptable. Yeah, it's going to be the a toasters. D all I the recognize above. more. I just like that it said like members of the toasters. So it could have just been like right. one guy who did like a hi hat. That, <laughs> yeah, that was exactly. it. That's our that's our <laughs> member. But since this one actually has, uh, since Kablam is a variety show, which is something that we haven't seen before, especially from the Nicktoons, we are going to walk you through some of the synopses for the individual segments. Now we're not going to cover all of them, but since we watched the first episode of the entire series tonight. These are the segments that are covered within this one episode, and they're, they're fairly common. They're the ones that you probably think of when you think of the show. So we're going to trade off here, but Sean, you have the first one. Sure. Uh, we have Sniz and Fondue. It is an animated short that was created by Michael Perlstein about two ferrets, which kind of feels debatable. Yeah, um, abstract often, ferrets. Yeah, abstract ferrets, yeah. who often get on each other's nerves. 12-year-old Sniz, who's voiced by Rick Gomez, is the younger kid ferret that is very hyperactive and quite the troublemaker of the pair. While 13-year-old Fondue, voiced by Oscar Reba, is the older teenage ferret who is the nervous yet intelligent one. 
this this one's so weird. We'll get into all of these too, so so don't worry if we're not digging into these yet. But uh, the next one, which is definitely one of my favorites from the entire series, is Action League Now. Uh, it was made <laughs> using Chuckamation, which is underused, I think. It's it's a combination of stop frame animation and live action shots where things are simply thrown or chucked or dropped into frame or wiggled around to simulate talking. It's the most janky so bootleg form of animation you'll ever see, but it's amazing. Uh, the series followed the adventures of a superhero league composed of various action figures, toys, and dolls, mostly bootleg things that were just knockoffs of other things. Uh, this, this show was created by Tim Hill. Most episodes took place in the house of an unseen resident, and many of the characters were voiced by radio personalities from Pittsburgh. I just kind of yeah. threw that last thing in there because Sean and I have the Pittsburgh connection, so thought that was cool uh such a such a good action league now is as soon as we mentioned kablam yeah. that was the the first vignette that jumped into my mind as something that i couldn't wait to recap on yeah and if you guys understood what we were talking about in our little uh banter intro then that's action league now and uh yeah, yeah. like i said probably the first thing you think of this was the next one that i would think of though so oh, prometheus and bob yep. it is a claymation stop motion segment uh, featuring a camera-recorded mission log of Prometheus, an alien who comes to Earth attempting to ke- teach a caveman, Bob, everyday things. So from the use of fire to the act of ice skating, the result is usually a failure by the mischievous third cast member who was simply a monkey. Uh, the introduction, done in a mock government file format, uh, describes the events as having occurred over 900,000 years ago. You know, man, from all of these... It's over 9,000. 900,000. <laughs> from, from all of these different shows, this one I think is probably the one that departs from like traditional stuff the most. Because it's not just like, hey, weekly adventures of these characters that you get to know. It's like... Well, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't want to get too much into it now, but it's definitely one of my favorites. Right. Uh, and then the last segment we'll be talking about tonight is Life with Loopy. The life of 12-year-old Larry and his strange experiences with his imaginative and adventurous younger sister, Loopy. <laughs> the characters were animated with stop-motion puppet bodies, but their heads were created with cardboard. The show was created by Stephen Holman. This one, they all... What's interesting about Kablam is they all of these segments have a very different visual look to them. Sniz and Fondue, traditional hand-drawn animation. Uh, Action League Now, just very realistic because they're just real action figures with some right. stop motion but mostly this chuckamation which is amazing <laughs> prometheus and bob straight claymation and then life with loopy this weird amalgamation of like these puppet bodies and then the the 2d cardboard faces which they didn't have any depth to them so whatever if you were looking at them in profile or straight on or whatever you just had to look at it straight on they had to be drawn that way they couldn't like right. turn around or anything they, there was no three dimensions to them so very very distinct visuals for each of these hey you want to throw it back to that uh opening song yeah um the opening th- song uh the like the second that came on i got really pumped i i remember it was I remembered even, it dude, right for away. me it was even before that it was as soon as the guy says wake up the masses Oh, that's yeah, because it's right. very, and I hate giving you the opportunity to do this, but it was almost kind of that, like that kind of reggae sound to it. Oh, really? I mean, I, just for I, just I, for I like a second, of... I always heard that as a kid. And he's like, "Wake up, dumbasses!" <laughs> I always thought he no, was saying, I, "I thought he was saying something dumbasses when I was a kid." 
Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Mm. Secret swear words Secret for swear young words. Dave? Yeah, Jamaican swear words. Jamaican swear mm-hmm. words. I was into that as a kid. Now, there was a... I, I kind of always had it as pegged as some type of a radio announcer. Oh, okay. Sort of, uh, you know, calling out and, and signaling that, that things were happening, so... Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because he's like, you know, come, everybody gather around. We got this party going. It's almost like a carnival barker, like... And the yeah. animation style of it, too, was like this weird kind of overlapping. You're kind of like flying on a camera through these different scenes. You're going through like a mountain scene and then you're going through like the water and you're going in through a bunch of different other things. And like stuff's flying at you. Fish are jumping out of the water. There's planes There's going overhead. There's a ton of onomatopoeia just coming oh, and being thrown at your face. For a show named Kablam, I mean, you, yeah, that kind of makes you sense. You have to. But they it's also sort of make up their own. The Everything's like Kapow, Kaplui, yeah. Kablitz. Yeah. Kaplitz. I don't know if that one was in there. <laughs> but there's just so much that the, that's in there. And then, you know, I remember... So Nick, Nickelodeon used to do a lot of these, uh, you know, kind of interstitial bumps between the commercial breaks that they would take right. and the cartoons that they had that were airing at that time. And right. It was great, and I, just, I distinctly remember them because it... It allowed them to put a lot of these these different animation styles, a lot of these give opportunities to a lot of different artists yeah. to do these quick bumps. Uh, you know, I, the one that is so distinct that I, I remember is like, and maybe this was a maybe this was just a Saturday morning cartoon one, um, but it was the one that kind of like very sing song. It just goes after these messages, yep. we'll be right back. And yeah, that was that was definitely a Saturday morning cartoon. I remember the different networks. I think had like competing. Right. Bumps. So they, yeah. so like it's that same, if that little sing song uh, bump kind of sounds familiar, it's just a lot of these different networks were giving artists and different people uh, and animators and, and stop motion, you know, people and claymation these opportunities to do these quick bumps. And they were so fun. The thing that's exciting about Kablam is that it, it seems like then finally somebody just kind of pulled the reins in and was like, hey, you guys have done some fun stuff. Now let's. Let's see where we can kind of take some of this and let's let's turn this into an actual show. Yeah. What's interesting, I think, in this, in the history of Kablam, which was in its heyday in the late, mid to late 90s on Nickelodeon, it existed a little longer on other Nickelodeon shows or other Nickelodeon networks like the Nicktoons network. What's funny is I think they actually ended up using these segments. So they didn't keep them together as a show for the most part. They actually used a lot of these mm. segments as bumps because they're only about two to four minutes long. So sometimes they use them as filler in between other episodes and sometimes okay. I use them as, as little bumps and stuff too especially like the Henry and June stuff I think uh, yeah. so in later years they did just kind of like dismantle all of these episodes and just reused different segments Jeez. over and over so it's kind of an interesting way that it uh, it progressed but while we well, had the, it it was in that variety format where everything just played right. out over the half hour yeah and we and uh, the thing that was always that stood out to me as being very distinct and interesting is that for the intro and then the the Henry and June yeah um, like sort of through line that we had for everything. It had very, very thick line. The, the, the animation style was very thick lined. And so, you know, as we will see sometimes in, in cartoons and comics, there's sort of that outline or that, that trace of uh, a body that contrasts sort of the, the background right. uh, or something potentially that they're holding or something that's on their body. Uh, this was interesting because that was so prominent and distinct they, they made some of the, the times when, like, June or Henry would move their hand. Like, their thumb had, like, an unbelievably giant, like, black yeah. outline around them. 
Uh, and I just I remember that, and uh, even in the Sphinx in the beginning intro, yeah. that kind of waves its it swats its paw at you. Uh, same thing, just very thick outlined around that. I, I wonder if that's a specific style. Um, it yeah. was just really that was the one thing that as soon as they jumped into the Henry and June stuff, immediately popped into my mind is like, oh, I remember this style like for this this era of Nickelodeon. I definitely remember this. I, and it, it led me to believe, and I, I want to go back and check and see. I, I'm curious if the people who did Henry and June did some of these bumps uh, oh, that yeah. were on Nickelodeon at the time, too. Yeah, I think that at least the surprised. intro definitely is cast in the same kind of like animation style as Henry and June are. It's very much, a, it's very cartoonish. It's very kind of like free flowing and sketchy almost. Henry and June are almost just like, you can almost see the like sketch lines in between each each cell each frame right. of the animation because it's just very loose and free flowing and like their body proportions change all the time they've got you know sometimes they got like really big feet and sometimes they got a real skinny head and it's sometimes it's for depth so you know kind of like where they're moving or if they're moving themselves they'll like accentuate like a foot like a foot's coming towards you almost off the pages of the comic book because that's how this this thing was supposed to be set up so we, we can get into the henry and june kind of framework of this they're basically your guides through this episode and your hosts and your uh, your introduction to each of these individual segments. So they kind of have right. their own thing going on at the, at the in their own pages, but then they also go in and out of these these different segments too. This yeah. one was interesting because it was the actual introduction. So like Henry is just like, "Hey and welcome Kablamoids, welcome to Kablam," and he tells you like exactly what Kablam is all about, which I thought right. was pretty cool. It's the and just the the overuse Ugh. and and ever-changing modification of the word kablam yeah uh kablamoids uh kablammy kablamites um, i think yeah. kablamites and so there's just so many different variations and, and mutations of that word it, it's just it's they really are trying to reinforce the fact that this show is named kablam yeah <laughs> like Can't it's not it. right it, it, so it's it's over the top, but I mean, at that point when you're watching it, you're like, this is fun. And you can see that they're they're enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, it, w- it was fun. Now, I have to ask you, probably at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask you to rank like these segments, and we'll include Henry and June as a quote-unquote okay. segment. Um, but just kind of like first impressions after watching it again, like where, where do Henry and June kind of, where do they hit on your nostalgia meter? Uh, well... We had a uh, we had watched I had watched another intro that you had sent out, mm. um, and it has them doing a synchronized dance yeah. for a period of time, and I distinctly remember watching that episode. I remember that, most of these, but not. It has to like I have to watch it and it has to trigger something in my mind. I couldn't tell you like a different intro that I had watched or something. I don't think I could just pick one out of my mind right now and just be like, yeah, I totally remember that. If I watched it, I'd be like, okay, now I remember this. Yeah, I, I just I and I I before watching this I, I could probably I wouldn't be able to do the I wouldn't be able to pick one out of the air right. to be able to recap either. It was just for some reason when that dancing came on, <laughs> uh, it just it reminded me it, like I just snapped into place with that show where I was right. when I watched it. So that was that was really entertaining to to see something like that. Um, I the one thing that was always curious to me, and I, I guess because I, I didn't have I never had this exposure to this this style of of theater or, or acting. Was how much of Henry and June um, was very clownish? Oh yeah, 
um, because there were there were these moments where like they would something would appear or like they would produce something out of their hammer space right. or whatever they were doing, yeah, like a trash can and or then, whatever. Yeah, right. And and they're breaking they're breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yeah. They're they're addressing you, the viewer. And so there were these moments where they would sort of look at you and then look at the thing that they had created and then look back at you. And and that's simply, that's in like clowning, that's just simply doing like a take. Yeah. Like you're looking at the audience, you're looking at the thing, and then you're looking back at the audience. And it was very fun to suddenly see that sort of artistic uh, construct or, or, or teaching yeah. applied and mapped into something that was a cartoon that I grew up watching. So kind of crazy to, to suddenly see and understand why that choice was maybe made then yeah exactly and it, it kind of provides sort of like a, a connection with the audience too like hey are you saying this thing because i say this thing and now we're going to do something with it so it's almost like right. they're your vaudeville hosts they're your live right. hosts that are right there with you seeing crazy stuff happen we can kind of talk about what henry and jude do we, we can talk about what they do in the entire episode now sure. rather than go back yeah. and forth um because let's they just in, have a couple little like weird bits that they do and uh yeah, you remember no, no, the first one say, that let's, opens let's up? Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the sh- June is working <laughs> on a machine that will automatically turn the pages um, so that Henry and June, as they, as they, as Henry builds this, they are your guides. They are the people who are going to turn the pages for exactly. you. Exactly. So you can just sit back and, and watch. And introduce each one of these comics. Right. Uh, and so... I guess June is maybe fed up. You know, for, for your introduction to June, you're just like, well, she's industrious. She's crazy. And she also kind of seems a little bit lazy. <laughs> lazy, but also I can, insane. I can appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Like Henry, Henry's kind of like, yeah, he's just like, hey, and welcome to Kablam. And then he's like, uh, and there's my sister, June. And they just show her with like the welder's mask and like sparks flying everywhere. And she's just like really going whole hog on this thing. You don't know what she's making. Right. And then they kick back on this couch and they reveal this like massive, it almost looks like a giant printing press. And you're just like, what the heck is this? And she calls it like the, what is it, like Page Turner 9000 or something? Yeah, Page Turner 9000. Yeah, which is just this giant machine that basically just reaches out of the page of the comic book that they're in and starts flipping all the pages. And then Except they have Except in this instance, yeah. yeah, it begins to flip the pages too quickly. Yeah, that's their little gag that they do. So, like, June's just, like, kicking back, having a good time. Henry's, like, holding on for dear life. He's about to fly away. I love that June <laughs> takes this opportunity. It's a funny little animation gag, too, because... If you if you think about it, and if you go back to like the most the earliest days or the most primitive ways of doing this, animation is basically just a series of still images. So it's sort of like if you go to the bottom corner of your textbook and you just draw a bunch of images in progression and then flip through them, you have an animation still. So you can just draw like little stick figures moving around or whatever, and then flip through it, and it tricks your eye into thinking that they're actually moving because it's just a series of these images. So that's right. actually the gag that they're doing in this bit. And June, like you mentioned, Sean, does the little clowning kind of thing where she looks out at the audience and she realizes like, oh, I'm being animated right now. So I can just do all these funny <laughs> yeah. things like, the, you know, the Egyptian walk or, or whatever she right. wants to do. And it was just like a cute little moment that kids probably didn't really get. It was just something silly. I just thought it was yeah. interesting that they kind of had that extra little gag thrown in there. It's funny now because as a kid, you just sort of or sitting there and watching it and you're just like, all right, cool. Just get to the cartoon. Yeah, the yes. You know, yeah. you, you kind of, you kind of feel like this is just kind of killing time until you get to the actual thing that you want to watch. Uh, it, but it, it's interesting to now watch it and just be like, Oh no, there's a, there's a reason like they're, they're having fun. Right. But it's basically you like know? your Nick Cannon in between your, uh, your, yeah, exactly. your, 
whatever the guest that's going to do his trick next. Whatever the... Yeah. I don't even know the name of that show. <laughs> who's... Who's... I love... It. Which American does a great thing? That's is the it, name of the show. Uh, America's Got Talent? Also that. I, I don't know. I really don't know. If it is, great. I if think, not, yeah. I'm just glad that Nick Cannon does stuff. Good job, Nick Cannon. Just good job, Nick Cannon. Yeah. But they're basically... So, so they do some other silly stuff. Like they'll do... At one point, they make these comments and jokes on animation itself. So the next one they do is they're like, hey, we're going to practice our speed runs. And you're like, well, what, right. what is that? And then they do like the the very stereotypical like Hanna-Barbera cartoon run, which they call the bongo run, right? Right. Which once I watched it, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. And then I started wondering like with Foley stuff, like I wonder how they actually went back and made this this sound, this very iconic sound. If you've watched any Flintstones, Jetsons, any of those old kind of classic cartoons and seen a character like run quickly, you know the exact exact sound that we're talking about. Right. I liked it though because then she kind of like looks over when they stop running and she looks over at the guy and she's like, all right, Chip, cut the bongos. And it's just like this big guy <laughs> sitting over by an on-air sign and he's just <laughs> playing bongos rapidly and then he just stops. So just silly stuff like that was pretty funny. Yeah. It, uh, I The other one that like jumps to mind is they are, are doing this um, – like golf tournament. Yeah, I think that's the very end of the last one. Yeah, yeah. The the final one they they're doing this giant golf tournament and it, it's going all the way across the country right. and and one of them is a is a location that's like in New Jersey is where it starts. Yeah, it wasn't like Hoboken. It was it was something oh, else. I can't remember the names. Some yeah, of them sounded made up, but who knows? So they they go through like Great Lakes and all these other things and then it, it ends in the the Grand Canyon and all Henry has to do is sink the ball into the Grand Canyon. He's very, very dangerously close. And you think there's going to be like a certain amount of like stake, like some stakes that are involved or in this. Or some crazy thing that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's not, there is nah. none. He just, he taps the ball. It manages to go in and he's just like, and, and June is, is the entire time instigating him to screw up the putt, right. kind of making cough noises and sounds in the background to potentially screw him up and throw him off of his game. Uh, Cause and I guess he's never beaten her before. Yes, she has never beaten him before. Yeah. So she gets to that point uh, where she loses. And, and then he's just like, I did it. Well, we'll see you next episode. Yeah, there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing like, to it. That's it. The and whole gag was that the, like the, giant, the hole at the end of this, you know, the yeah. literal cup at the end of this hole is just the Grand Canyon. And that was the and whole gag. He, and then Henry falls into the fucking Grand Canyon. Yes, and that. you're like, what? Well, see you next like time, maybe. Uh, I don't, Dave, and I don't know about you. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have not, man. I've driven past okay. it both north and south of it, and I have yet to hit that sweet spot in the middle. Okay, I, I've I've been hiking a number of times through it. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty dangerous place. Yeah, like if you fall down the the yeah, like you would get you'd get severely injured. So only go if you're a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, is what we're much. saying. That's our PSA for tonight. I'm gonna start the year off with a PSA. <laughs> It's better than some of the PSAs that we've done. Yeah, for people we've cleaned last our year. act up, and by <laughs> we, I mean mostly me. Um, <laughs> do all the drugs. Do all the drugs, kids. Take drugs from strangers. Um, Jesus. I might have combined a couple there. Okay, so now <laughs> that those are kind of our in betweeners. Those are our Nick Cannons. We're gonna get to the main segments of this one now. Arguably, I don't. Want, I don't want to color your expectations here. So we're gonna get to our first one, which is Sniz and Fondue. Now, if you remember, this one's supposed to be about two ferrets. Uh, and Sean threw out the caveat that that is, an uh, you can argue over that description of whether or not they are ferrets. If I wouldn't have read that description, I would have had no clue what these things were. 
How I would you? have thought that they were weird dogs. Weird dogs. Like uh, weird, weird dog, weird dog <laughs> things. Like groundhog dogs, maybe. The, yeah. Know. They okay. So that to give listeners out there kind of a visual, they these things are all like different heights. There are three males and I think one female. The female you can tell because she has like a big bouffant blonde hairstyle and possibly boobs. I'm not sure if she did or not. Uh, she did. She did. That's awkward. She was named Bianca. Yeah, Bianca. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Sniz Fondue and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, uh, I don't. I it don't even matter. remember. I don't even actually remember if they introduced him or not. No, and that's the weirdest thing because the the hosts kind of serve as an introduction. They say something to the effect of, "And now for two guys who are worth their weight in body parts, Sniz and Fondue." Ah. Yep. I'm gonna start introducing us as two guys <laughs> as who are worth their, their weight, weight in body parts. <laughs> you know, I've had. I've. It just. It made me. That moment. Yeah. Made me think of every bad show that i've ever been a part of or any open mic that i've ever uh, been introduced right where where the the host just lies about what they're like uh next coming up to the mic is my my favorite person in all of dc like shut up yeah, just you don't shut even your know dumb me. mouth you have no idea who i am uh. and so you know it's 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 you know or even improv related anytime that i come out on stage and people are just like you know because you you will go up if i've hosted a bunch of shows right. Uh, I've hosted quite a few shows in this past year, and so it's been one of those things where you always go up to the people and you're like, "What? What would you like me to say yeah, about you?" Give me you? something. Yeah. Just give me anything. I'm I'm happy just to say, like, you are what your name is. Here's this and name. Please welcome them to the stage. Yeah. Well, you now know? you can say they're worth their weight in body parts. I'm gonna say that they're worth their weight in body parts because nothing says welcome to the stage, and then just you give that person the middle fucking finger. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just sell them on the black market. Ugh. I think that's totally acceptable. So that's our intro to Sniz and Fondue, which tells you nothing. But basically, you've got these these characters that are just very... They're kind of just long rectangles with weird hairstyles. I don't yep. know how else to describe them. Like red kind of button noses? Yeah. Like red kind of clown noses, maybe? Yeah, clown nose, kind of brownish-skinned creature-looking kind of brownish-orange, burnt yeah. sienna. Yeah, burnt sienna. You could literally just draw like primary shapes on a piece of paper and then just take out roughly three crayons and completely draw these entire characters. Like, well, I mean, if you, if you really want to distinguish who Sniz is, he's got a green mohawk. Yes. And he's a real ass. Uh, so he's pretty easy to, to spot. And this one, so we don't know what the family dynamic here is. When I was a kid, I thought maybe they were just like a weird family that, you know, Bianca was maybe the mom or a sister, and that one of the other guys who looks kind of older was maybe a dad, and Sniz and Fondue were brothers. But from at least this first episode, there's a a letter that they write to Sniz that they all just say that they're his roommates. So just a bunch of ferrets. I was so confused by that, because the the whole episode, the conceit of the episode is that Sniz, they are attempting to teach Sniz, the guy with the green mohawk, how to tell time exactly on like a yeah, like an analog he, clock yeah. right on an analog clock so he's 12 years old right doesn't know how to tw- like doesn't know how to tell time right. doesn't know how to 12 twine doesn't know how to 12 twine uh, doesn't know how to 12 twine so he doesn't know how to tell time and so he's he's concerned you know everybody in the house except him except this right. is concerned that he needs to learn this life skill and so they, they yeah so they so they can stop being bothered by his letter. ass yeah which you know honestly though telling time is not such a super complicated 
get like the get the little ten dollar eight dollar Casio watch with the the digital display. Okay, Done. now here's my question: How did you learn how to tell time? I was wondering if you were going to bring up a digital clock for this kid. Oh, really? Yeah, I was wondering. I mean, how did you learn how to tell probably. time? I remember distinctly how I, how I learned. I don't. I don't remember distinctly. Do you remember how, if you had you like learn? like a paper clock or something in kindergarten, or if you had like a? Oh, we definitely had paper clocks. Yeah, paper we clocks. You had paper to make in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, and you had to like yeah. push that that the little pin that like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. spawns out on the back, <laughs> and then you rotate it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that little shit. I had that, but then I also had this that like nightmare. That nightmare. I had this old. Maybe listeners out there will know what I'm talking about. This this plastic clock that was like a Fisher Price thing, with like huge numbers on it and big dials. But the it was a cuckoo clock. So it was like a blue cuckoo clock, had yellow hmm. dials, and actually had like a chimney on the on the side it was built like a little house but cuckoo like a german cuckoo clock but it had a chimney that you would you would like push down and that would advance the hours on the clock so like every time you push down it would like zip along another 10 minutes or whatever anyway that was the thing that i had to learn how to tell time because my dad would like he'd set the thing to noon and then he'd just be like set it to this time and i'd set it to this time if it was right he'd tell me and if not then i just had to sit there until i figured it out so that's how I remember learning how to tell time on a clock. <laughs> Not like this okay. ass. I mean, they go through, the, the roommates here, they go through the trouble of making a life, like not even life-size, like Big Ben-size clock face. Right. And then the two guys hold it, and they have Bianca kind of like stand there and alternate her arms so that she's telling different times. Right. She's the different, like, hands. Yeah, she's the hands of, of the clock. Yeah. Yeah. And Sniz is laying there on his back just like, I don't give three What's he say? I don't really care what's going on right now. What's he say? I don't give three squats what you guys are doing. Yeah, I don't give three squats. Oh, fruits! Oh, fruits! That's my favorite new swear. Jesus. Triple fruits. Double even triple fruits. So he uh, he doesn't care because he's yeah. just like, look, if I need to know what time it is, I'll just come ask one of you guys. And their so, answer to that is like, look, <laughs> that's why we're doing this because you're a real pain in the ass. And one of these days, you're going to need to know what time is and we're not going to be there. Right. So, of course, obviously, lo and behold, that's kind of what happens. Uh, Sniz has a couple instances. One, he's watching TV, and there's a special on, like, ballooning that he's really interested in watching for whatever reason. This is Who well is before it? DVR. Yeah. Uh, and they say it's going to be on at 7 o'clock. So he then proceeds to run around the house while everybody else is busy doing stuff. Like, I don't remember what Fondue was doing. I know one guy's, like, oh, changing no, the light fun, bulb. What's fun, Fondue Fondue, uh, Fondue Oh, he's was, ordering a pizza. He's Yeah, he's ordering a pizza, which is very... It, which is very curious because thirteen-year-old fondue yeah. is always seems to always be wearing a like a blue like smock apron and, like a, and a blue hat. chef's hat. Yeah, but he, he's thirteen. But he said he was doing business. He was placing a business yeah, call. He said he, he's making a business call, but he's ordering a pizza. This is the this is how Papa John's got started. Like how I want to know what circumstances led to a twelve and a thirteen-year-old getting kicked out of their house where they have to get roommates. Twelve and a thirteen-year-old ferret. Ferret. Yes. Where they find two other ferret roommates, yeah. and they they set up shop. Ugh, I don't It'd know. It'd be great and, if and they a, lived in a house with like the connecting like tubes, like the clear tubes, and like oh a weird God, wheel, and like a ferret ball they just chase around all day. Uh, like a big wheel yeah. that they could spin around on, and the little water droplet. Yeah, see that'd be fun. <laughs> they just do the like the yeah for five minutes. I love it. Yeah, love it. But no, so uh, he so runs around. So fondue is placing a business call, by which he means ordering uh, a Bianca. Pizza. Bianca's in the shower. She's in the shower, which that did not go how I thought it would. No. She didn't scream. I thought it was going to get sexy. I didn't think so. I thought she was going to scream and like punch him in the eye so he'd like walk I, out with a black eye. No, he walks out uh, with a bar of soap in his mouth. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to get like American Pie style sexy. I mean, it could have. Yeah. And we just cut to it later. Ooh, snick after dark. Oh, 
that's that's are you afraid of the dark at that point yeah, yeah right yeah. uh so so yeah he interrupts fondue's pizza order do you remember what he ordered just for fun oh yeah he says uh he goes uh, i want a pizza with roni on it yeah. and he's like and the guy's like roni shwaish like, pet he's like roni pepperoni come on so if you ever order pizza a roni pizza just shut up just and jump hang off the phone up Say Asshole. pepperoni, you ass. <laughs> Not roni. Just do it like everybody else. Yeah, just, just order conform. on an app. Just order on an app so you know what to talk about. Yeah, to also people. that. And then have it delivered by a drone. So so we've got fondue on the pizza. We've got Bianca in the shower. And then Nameless Guy is on like a, a rickety ladder changing a, a obnoxiously large light bulb in the hallway. So basically, Sniz comes up, runs up behind him, and asks him the time. And I don't think he quite startles him. I forget what happens when he gets startled and like knocks this guy into the ladder and basically just ruins everything from this point yeah, on. It's, yeah. It's just a comedy oh. of errors at this point that he's yeah. trying to figure it out. And then they just cut to like Sniz asleep in bed. <laughs> so Yeah, this, there's no 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 circumstances. No, I mean they've only I got mean, a limited no, there's time. There's no there's no yeah. There's nothing that like matters. No. The amount of so time he, we've he w- spent talking about this one segment is longer than the entire segment. So Right. Yeah. So suffice it to say, they, they plan a, a prank. Yes. Slash his, lesson. Yes. So they, they write him a note that says, we are going ballooning on a Saturday morning uh, at, well, I believe it was 10 a.m. 10 o'clock sharp. 10 o'clock sharp. So they are going there, and then they write on Sniz's head in permanent marker, yep. do not tell time. <laughs> I love which, the I love the grammar of that one. Do, do not, not tell do time. Do not tell time. Yeah. Or don't. Ugh. Yeah. No, don't yeah. tell me time. Oh, don't tell me time. Don't tell, don't me, tell time. me time. So don't tell me time. Right. Uh, so he wakes up. He gets excited. He about the the ballooning note. He runs outside. Yeah, straight first up. Woman that, well, he yeah. uh, he runs. He goes to run straight out the door, but he looks at the clock first, which is already at ten o'clock. So even if he knew right. time, he'd be shit out of luck. He's so screwed. what's the He's point? Screwed. But he says it's, and there it's are, ten o'clock, and, and they're he, already like, in the balloon. What's that? Right, and there are his friends are his roommates. His roommates are already in the balloon. Yeah, they're already they're just there. Like, eh, his loss. Like, oh well. So, so at first he, he couldn't even set an alarm clock to begin with. It didn't matter if he could tell time or not. Sure. So he bumps into a couple people right. and they tell him that they're not going to give him the time. Then Sniz suddenly sees in the distance, he sees the hot air balloon and his roommates are yelling down to him like, hey, you missed it. I got to tell you, though, I love the guy in the car. Uh, so he okay, goes up go. to this guy in the car and sees the writing on his forehead. Uh, but he goes up to the guy in the car. The guy reads the writing and he just like laughs at him when Sniz asks him to tell time. Like a real jerk, though. Like a real jerk laugh. And then when <laughs> Sniz is trying to read backwards, this kid is real dumb. So he can't even figure out that it's backwards because of the the reflection so he's trying to read it backwards and the guy's like it says don't tell me time dumbass or something to that effect (laughs) so then yeah then sniz sees his buddy is already up in the balloon so obviously the smart thing to do would be to run to the nearest roof try to jump off it and to climb onto the balloon with them right right yeah yeah that makes sense and it worked out pretty well right get on top of a building (laughs) run and jump off and they're just like, yeah, I need a lot of space. This is going to be a real wide jump. Yeah. And then he just, he gets to the edge uh, and just practically just falls straight sticks down. Sticks like a stone. There's a giant clock face and he gets stuck on the minute hand. Somebody says, you're going to have to wait until 1030. Yeah. And in that exact moment, he says, but it's only, ten, but it's only, you're going to have to wait till 1030. And he goes, but it's only 10.05. I have to wait another 25 minutes. And, all like, and everybody's <gasps> like, <gasps> he learned how to tell time. He learned. Yeah. 
So that was funny because like it's his lesson learned. And as the minute hand's going around, he's like, now it's 10, 10. I've only got 20 more minutes. And now it's 10, It was 15. not 10, 10. That's what drove me nuts. No, the it, 10, the 15 hand... one and the 10, 29 one drove me crazy because they were not, not even not fucking even close. close. I remember that Fisher Price fucking clock. And I know how to tell time, ladies and gentlemen. And it was not even close. I'm Dave Trumbull, Very upset grown-ass about man this. that can tell time. That's right. Uh, so the, the, this was the one moment so far in this segment I really didn't laugh I'll be honest with you <laughs> nope. I really didn't laugh uh, the only time I laughed was when so the reason he had to wait until 10.30 was because when the minute hand was down at the 6 which is where the half past the hour is uh, there was a little door like an old cuckoo clock All right. right. so there's a little door he's, <laughs> and one of his buddies was like make it to 10.30 there's a door you can go inside and whatever so he lands and he's like, it's 1030. I'm finally free. And it, this fucking cuckoo clock just comes shooting out of the door and just knocks him off the building. And I didn't see that coming for whatever reason. That made me laugh. And then he goes <laughs> through this like sequence of not really Rube Goldberg, but just like really funny Looney Tunes kind of things. Like he falls and he bounces off the convenient awning company's awning. He smashes into like Hercules Anvil company's anvil. He flies through the coverless fan company's fan, and then he almost gets launched into uh, a giant knife that's just pointing out of the side of a building, but he just smashes into the brick wall instead. And actually made right. me laugh, too, and just smashed into the yeah. brick wall. So that that whole sequence of events of just, like, slapstick, oh, yeah. uh, bodily harm humor is going to come into play. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're kind of transitioning out of this, this episode now. Yeah, so. that's pretty much... What else yeah. happened to in the end? Was pretty oh, much... the girl with the yo-yo, and she's like, "You have the time," and he just like passes. It <laughs> yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And that's that's the end. So that's You're just it. like so okay. Like he kind of learned his thing. lesson, and he got he paid for it in the end. So <sighs> that was a thing. A little silly, a little silly. Yeah. So that was all very traditional hand-drawn animation. Now we jump to after a Henry and June interstitial, we jump to the very different Chuckamation style. Right. which is the best. If Sean and I were ever actually going to do like an independent show, I would prefer that we do it in Chuckamation because it's oh, got the God, least amount yeah. of production quality. <laughs> <laughs> Not because we're lazy, but just because we find this style of animation so insanely funny. Also because I'm lazy. Also because Dave's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, there's no harm in that. No, so we great. are, of course, talking about now Action League Now. Right. Um, and so this whole episode so we i, I want to set the the scene for this because these these characters are so distinct well, we have a naked guy well let's okay oh, let's actually can, do you want to go through the theme song kind of quickly because they almost have like a sub theme song here right they have the action right. league now theme song right so yeah who do they i think they introduced uh the flesh first they introduced the flesh yeah um who's super strong <laughs> super strong super naked super, mm-hmm. uh thunder girl because yep. she flies like thunder. Makes sense. And she's basically just like a large Barbie in like a unitard with a thunderbolt. Right. Yeah. With like a Flash style thunderbolt. Yeah. And Flash is just basically a large He-Man character without any clothes on. Right. Yeah. Uh, we have Stinky Diver. Right. Who is a uh, ex... Uh, he's like a Navy guess, SEAL. Navy, yeah. He's he, like an ex-Navy operative. <laughs> But he's really. But they just they throw his action hero down the toilet. Yes. Yeah. So he just like lives in the sewers mostly. <laughs> yeah. Stinky diver. And then uh, then they introduce the last guy. Yeah. Meltman with, with the, the uncanny ability to melt. With the power to melt. Melt. And he's just literally, if you had ever put a GI Joe in a microwave or just like burn the shit out of it with a magnifying glass. Uh, or a firecracker. Or a firecracker. Whatever. He's just severely burned and damaged and melted. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't really affect him too much. At least 
not until this episode gets a hold of him. Yep. Ooh. Oof. So this, oh, so yeah. This episode does open up with Meltman and Thundergirl. Right. Uh, and they are just being uh, awkwardly held by someone off camera. Yeah. And just sh- anytime they talk, they just kind of do like a little wiggle shake just to let you know that they're the ones talking. If this happened, I'm doing, I'm yeah, doing it right now. If this happened in real life, there'd just be people wiggling all the time. It would be insane. Uh, it's great. Yeah. So, so they are, uh, I guess they're in the mayor's office and they're looking for the evil a mayor for some reason. The evil mayor. Yeah. yeah. We don't really get any no. history or any of the ideas behind evil mayor, but he's named as an evil mayor. So we're taking him as face you values. Got it. So. They are in his office. They're looking for a formula. Uh, stinky, da- or I'm sorry, Meltman is is taking photographs with like an old timey kind of like shutter style camera. Yeah, with like a like a uh, from um, a, like the 80s, like a cable switch where the cable runs from the shutter and you right. actually have to push it from yeah. the side. Yeah, which I think was just to be able to hold him up without a hand being in there, like on right. screen with it. Yeah, <laughs> they just welded so him they- to this cable. Yeah. <laughs> so they they are uh, putting a meltman uh, to they are welding him to take these photographs. He's taking them and he's just like, Chief is gonna be so he's gonna be so excited. He's gonna kiss me. Yeah. And then uh, something happens and he he falls. He tries to take off. a picture of. He wants to get. He wants to take. Oh, a he selfie. wants to take a picture of himself. He wants to take yeah. a selfie with an old ass camera. So he wants to take a selfie and then the flash goes off and he's taking so many pictures. He's just blinded by the flash and he's like, oh, look at all the pretty stars. And he just bonks into the old school big desk telephone, knocks that off, he falls, and then is hanging on like the the corded phone, uh, hanging off the edge of the desk. And he's like, oh, it's just like in the films. And then one of my favorite things in this episode and all the instances of Action League now happens, which is just (laughs) blunt force trauma to the characters <laughs> it's one of the most refreshing and just i think i now understand things. why yeah. you want to do chuckamation because you just want to chuck shit at action figures i just like want to at... drop heavy shit on inanimate uh. objects and it's hilarious he he gets hit and it's beautifully filmed because he falls off the phone he smashes into the floor and you just watch him like bounce like you just dropped an action figure and then the phone the handset hits him and then the phone base hits him. So it's just like this, <laughs> this three stooges slapstick, just series of just really painful events. They're just watching this action figure go through. And that causes no real physical trauma, except that he has temporary amnesia. Right. Which you think so would be he, fun, right? Cause they have all those photos of the secret recipe or whatever. Uh, no, he left the, oh, he left yeah. the cap on the camera. Oh, so no. none of the pictures turned out. So they are, Doing everything that they can with a science tech who I think they just call science science guy like or the like tech. Sci- yeah. the tech science tech um, science tech and so science tech is working. He looks like uh, an Egon Spengler action figure with like a fake <laughs> lab coat on or something. Right. Yeah. So he is trying everything possible that he can, and they're just like, there has to be something that we can do to get his memory back it to get him, him with to science. He get him over this amnesia. He's just like, well, there is one thing but it's pretty dangerous. And they're like, we'll take the risk. Yeah. So the next sequence of events this is great. are them just dropping some of the heaviest shit well, on first, top First of they have guy. him like strapped to this gurney and he's got these like thumbtacks just pushed in like every angle of him imaginable. And it's like right. hooked up to these fake, it's almost supposed to be like acu- acupuncture slash like electrodes because they have right. it all hooked up to these wires. You think they're gonna like zap him, but yeah, they just around around him is a circle of mouse traps. Yes, exactly. And the flesh is tied to a piece of string, yeah. and he's holding a hammer. <laughs> just right and over. And so they drop the flesh yeah. with the hammer 
onto him and then it triggers all the traps <laughs> you're just like what it's just ridiculous like you could tell they just had fun setting that stuff up even yeah. though they had no clue what was going to happen when they actually did it like number two they put him on like this rotating lazy susan right. and then what they do is they just drop a bowling they drop another lazy susan and a bowling ball yep. on top of him yeah. and just smash him flat <laughs> like what else do they do the, to him at one point? The third one, the third one is then that they drop a huge safe. They're like outside, oh, outside. in a yard, yeah, yeah. and they drop a giant safe on top of him, and it just it. And then the flesh lifts it up and is just like, "Hey, buddy, you okay?" And he's like, "You are super naked." Yeah, like, exactly. Well, that didn't work. Which is a catchphrase that we need to note because then it comes back at the end of the episode. That's right. So, uh, you know, it, it's so it's just not working they, at this point. Yeah, they get through all this slapstick, all the blunt force dramas. Yeah. And then they do basically like a hypnosis kind of thing to try to get his memory back. So the doctor basically has him on this gurney and he says to him, okay, Meltman, we're going to do hypnosis. When I count to three and say who you're supposed to be, you're going to have all those memories back. So he's like one, two, three. And before he can say his name. And a dog barks. This little plastic dog barks. So Meltman has now got the mind of a dog. So he just starts like barking and growling at this dog and then just starts like running away. So, so he runs outside, yeah. right? And as dogs do, where does he run? He runs right onto the street. This is great. I mean, terrible, but great at the same time because he just gets mowed down by this car <laughs> in the middle of the street. Life-size this car, car breaks him. Like, this, yeah, life-size like car. Like our life-size, life-size car. car, not his life-size they car. Do, <laughs> like, they do a really fun camera trick yeah. uh, with this because they, they have, presumably they have Meltman uh, kind of like glued in a position and then he's on like a string and they're kind of like pulling him along. Yeah. Uh, during certain portions of the portions of this, but there's a, a long sprint that he has down the driveway, and they they just instead of actually animating it, yeah. they just do a shaky cam like of somebody kind of running down as if oh, yeah. you are Meltman kind of jaunting down to the end of the driveway, yeah. and so they they get there, and then at that moment, um, he's out in the middle of the street, he gets ripped apart oh, into like exploded. seven or eight different pieces. All his pieces like, go just, flying. Brutal. But it, because he's Meltman, they just kind of like Frankenstein him back together, and he's, he's more or less okay. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he, and the best thing is, is that you know they've tried everything. Yeah. They get to this point where he wakes up, and he's just like, "Hey, oh, hey I guys. remember everything. What's going on?" He's like, "Well, first he's like, I think I'm in heaven, and all the angels look like Thunder Girl." And then yep. he, you just see this like the rotating like dual images of Thunder Girl in front of him until it like resolves into the real one, and they're like, "Oh no, he's back." And she just goes, I liked him better when he was a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, poor Melt, man. This guy's just been blown up, smashed God, to pieces. Give him, a, give him a little bit of a break. Seriously, man. I think so he's got a thing we find out, Yeah, right. <laughs> so we find out in this moment that the secret formula, uh, we get the contents. We get the bulleted list of everything that's on. Yeah, he like this. wakes up and he's like, three cups flour, one cup sugar, two sticks of butter. What's that about? Uh, like one one cup of uh, chocolate chips. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's the evil mayor's chocolate chip cookie recipe. You're like, okay. The chief is so excited, though. Yeah. I've been trying to get this for years. And in this moment, something happens where the chief, like, stumbles backwards. Well, right before or, that, the, the flesh. Uh, right before that, Thunder Girl is like, oh, chief, Meltman was so excited, he thought you were going to give him a kiss. Yeah. The- oh, that's right. And so he, the chief and the flesh both go down to kiss him at the same time, yeah. bonk heads. <laughs> the chief goes 
and flies back it in launched. like a like a like a gasoline can <laughs> and a box of nails yeah. fucking fall <laughs> just on him. Smashes him. And it's just shit like one thing after another that basically all the stuff you have piled up in your garage falls on the chief at this point. That that was my impression was that this cartoon was made by somebody who had a garage that really needed to do a better job organizing yeah. everything that was there. But in the meantime, he's like, I'm going to mutilate these action figures. Yeah, it's like, I, I kind of have to clean it up. My wife's getting on me, oh. but I got this camera and these action figures. Let's just make something happen. Yeah. So then the chief kind of comes to, and he's kind of okay, except for the fact that... He just looks at uh, the flesh. He just goes, you're super naked. Da-da-da-da. And that's the end. End of Action League Now. I will say that Action League Now does come in two parts. So they normally would start it, and then once something crazy happens, they would cut to the commercial, and then they would come yeah. back and finish it up. So it's kind of their midway point, even though they have we have two more segments to go yet. So, yeah, that so, was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll, we'll roll right into Prometheus and Bob. This one's pretty quick. Um, yeah, and I love the way that these are set up. So it's always with this, like, title card where it's got this weird kind of alien-looking script. And then a caption will come up underneath it and it'll say like tape and then a tape number. So this one's like tape 37 and then it'll have a bridge subject. Yeah. Bridge. So it's like, that's what this one's about bridge. And to give you a visual. So these are very kind of like the crude claymation. You have the tall, uh, alien Prometheus who's, he looks like one of the grays, but he's very tall. He's very skinny. He's very purple. And then you have Bob. I like that you. I like that you throw grays out. Like everybody's just like, yeah, I got an abduction story that I want. Everybody to talk knows about, about the grays. I'll save that for another grays. podcast. You know what the grays okay. are. Yeah, just right. watch X Files when it comes back on. You'll see the grays. Yeah, true. So that's Prometheus, and he's usually got a spaceship around or whatever. He's got this little clicker that he uses to like record and stop recording on his mobile camera that follows them around. And then Bob is just very much like a, a Neanderthal that he's just wearing like fur underwear, and that's it. But he's just very dumb. And then occasionally this monkey just kind of comes around and screws with him, which is probably the funniest part of the whole thing. Uh, I want to say the the interesting thing about this is that the dialogue is very simplistic. Oh, this so is, great, though. This is an exercise in visual storytelling. Yes, very much Through so. and through. And so that's what's fun about this one is that there, there are these moments where you see in this one, Bob demonstrates holding a saw, right. cutting down a tree, right. and then that tree falls over like a small... Uh, like fissure that's in the ground apparently super deep though yeah super super <laughs> deep uh, and he he walks across it and he demonstrates a bridge and then he beckons uh, and a lot of his his voice sounds kind of like huh yeah they're almost digitized <laughs> yeah but like mass right. like you don't quite know what they're doing because there are moments where he's like what the hell are you doing? and you can like tell yeah. what he's you can saying make it but out. he doesn't actually yeah. say it yeah and bob meanwhile is just like yeah and so a lot of it is just the the simple kind of uh, call and response where he'll he'll motion Prometheus will motion to Bob and then Bob will have some type of a reaction usually completely to it. opposite of what Bob wanted or Prometheus wanted exactly. him to do yeah right because comedy yeah so they go through the they go through this whole process of trying to understand this bridge and getting this bridge to go over and you know they hit they hit like five or six you know, like decent beats yeah and they're quick too they're snappy so it's like all based yeah. around the same thing which is this bridge and trying to teach bob how to cross it and shit just keeps going wrong so like prometheus will walk across it and then bob will try to jump and like fall and right. then once he rescues him you know then prometheus will fall into the cave instead or into the fissure instead. And then the monkey right. shows up and just causes all kinds of havoc. So, like, Bob will monkey, just be... Monkey grabs the saw, hands it to... Right. Uh, the monkey grabs the saw from Prometheus, right. 
And then the monkey hands the saw to Bob, He's and Bob's sitting, sitting on, the, on the log, and he just begins cutting it, <laughs> and he falls down into the the fissure. That's probably so, my favorite. Yeah, so there's just a lot of, again, you know, a lot of uh, like just slapstick visual storytelling, yeah. you know, the entire time. But it's pretty much you're in and you're out with this one. This one it's super quick, and they used to, is, if I remember correctly, they actually used to do two because they were so fast. But I think people loved yeah. them so much that they used to do one tape and then followed right by another tape, or they'd have two within the same episode because they're so fast. It's actually really challenging because when I watched this, when I watched Kablam, I did not enjoy Prometheus. Really? And Bob. This we'll talk about yeah. this once we rank them, but this was yeah. Well, you'll find out. But yeah, I always wanted to watch. I really didn't want to watch anything but Action League now and Prometheus and Bob. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much Fair. it for this one. It's really simplistic. Yeah. It's kind of a visual, like Sean said, the visual medium. So it's better to just go watch that one than listen to us idiots right. talk about it. So <laughs> we've got our last segment coming up now. This is Life with Loopy. So remember, this is the weird one about this family that they're all stop motion animated with puppet bodies, but they have cardboard faces. So it's a really weird visual look. Yeah, which is a really interesting uh, aesthetic to see yeah. that, you know, these. So the, uh, the, the for the bodies of these, it's interesting. Cardboard cutout faces where on the cardboard cutout faces, there would be the eyes and the mouths would be animated. Right. So they probably just then, like swapped out the whatever the eye expression or mouth expression had to be for that right. frame. Yeah. Then they have uh, puppet-esque bodies. Right where you can definitely see the strings that are attached for their hands. Um, there are then moments where they actually just have like marionettes, yeah. as we see in this episode, just a straight puppet marionette being controlled. And then they also randomly throw in live action. Yeah, like people getting off a bus. People getting off a bus. <laughs> and it was it was such a, a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, of things that were going on that uh, you know it was and it's it's very fun too because you can see that there are a lot of the the settings that they have especially for the house at right. some point when you see the backyard like you can tell like oh this is just like a tiny little replica house yeah. that somebody probably built and they're they're probably filming this like on their dining room table you know yeah, <laughs> somewhere not, with like this was like super super low budget stuff but it but, but it the aesthetic of this was always so beautiful yeah it was, it was different. It was so always bright. weird to me as a kid because I had a tough time equating like, all right, there's puppets and then there's these weird faces and then there's stop motion and then there's live action puppet work and then there's live action human work. And I don't know. It was a lot for me as a kid to kind of like, but it was zany. I, the, the, it was fun. Yeah. The mixed media nature of this, I, I really enjoyed. Okay. And I think it was something that always kind of drew me towards, you know, this vignette. And so I, I don't know this, and and I also I also have a little sister that would who, probably yeah that was sometimes more often than not a real pain in the especially ass especially like so this I, episode I totally, yeah. yeah right so I could totally relate to to a lot of the stuff that was going on with this so I, I I enjoyed it yeah so this one kind of goes back so like in the opening when Sniz was being a little jerk and didn't want to learn how to tell time in this one Loopy is refusing to take a bath so what happens like that old you know uh, urban legend or wives tale or fable that your parents would tell you. You start sprouting vegetables. Right. Yeah, you start sprouting vegetables. That's what vegetables. happens. And not just like mushrooms and stuff, like full on like zucchinis and potatoes and Can you can you imagine oh, God, all I would the places never shower. that we have all the places that are in the world that have food and, and hunger and famine problems yeah. 
and and you know sadly those people don't have uh, access to to clean water or to showers if that just happened where they just naturally grew mushrooms grew and potatoes food that they could and, eat and, from themselves yeah just <laughs> like zucchini from under their armpits yeah. and then potatoes out of their ears yeah. and and mushrooms on the back of their heads i don't know why these people are complaining if this is scientifically accurate some good uh, urban foraging yeah. at that point you are your own farm right yeah no, it's, it's funny, though. It's a very silly uh, scenario that I love the way that they play it, though, because the brother is kind of the only one who's kind of irritated with everything. The father is, too, to an extent. But the mom's right. just like, well, I mean, what do you have growing today? We'll see what we can make up. And she's like, well, I got these potatoes. And the mom's like, oh, I can julienne them into fries. She's just, like, <laughs> looking for opportunities to, like, new recipes and stuff. That was definitely – I was watching this episode with uh, with Melanie, yeah. and she just, she just in that Julian fried yeah. moment just goes, what? <laughs> That would be my reaction. Like, what, what can what I make out on? of these? Yeah. Yeah. But then her father at one point, because it gets ridiculous. The kid's walking around. She's not showering. She's sprouting all kinds of vegetables. The dad's like, look, you're you're living under my roof. You're going to go shower and live by my yeah. rules. And Loopy's like, well, I'll just go live in the backyard then. Oh, and live in the backyard, she does. Yeah, she does. And she thrives in the backyard. Uh, with a little bit of sunlight. And some uh, humidity. That's in the backyard. Yep. Turns into uh, she, basically a garden. Yeah. yeah. Big enough that a, a forest ranger shows up <laughs> and declares it that it's now become a new national park. His face was and, so janky. He freaked me yeah, out, man. So, that was one of those like the, live puppet things, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one of the, the marionettes right. that they had. But the problem with the, the ranger marionette was that you could see the string from his upper yeah. lip to his mouth and where the mechanics uh, or where the mechanism was in place to control the jaw, but nobody was pulling that string. So his mouth just hung open the entire time, which is to, yeah, just like that with a loose, like, yeah, just he had no jaw muscles in his jaws. Yeah, but he was talking. <laughs> they just like, would just like jiggle it back and forth. It was really just terrifying. It, I love the fact that the dad in this moment is just kind of like, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm a, I'm a father. I've got, I've got things to do. And the ranger's like, well, you get a, you get a park ranger hat. And he's like, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. And they I'm put, listening. they put the little hat on his head, and he's like, yeah, you got my attention. Well, now yeah. you have my attention. Now you have. My, I was a fine southern gentleman. You now have my attention. <laughs> Mr. Ranger, you had my interest, but now you have my attention. It just made me think of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly, that's what I was going for. Uh, the old Django. Is, uh, candy from Django and yes, Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, we get a little more mixed media because people are showing up to this national park in droves, but not puppet people right. and not cardboard face people. Just these are these are people getting out of a these are actual, actual human people. live action people, which had to be the getting animators. out of a bus. It had to right. be. They, looked, they must have had so much fun with they this. They looked like animators. They looked like Ugh. people who had not been outside of a studio in years. They, they Which, had fun, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But I'm did. just assuming it was the creators because it was just like, who else would you get to just be like, hey, we need you to come by the studio, uh, just step out of a bus for like five seconds, and that's it. Or maybe maybe it was their friends because I mean, you know, doing fun stuff like this, you know, for any of the the weekend film projects yeah, that I've, I've I've done, it's always so much fun to call up a friend and just be like, hey, can you come and do this like five second thing yeah. on film it's gonna take two hours for us to probably <laughs> yeah, exactly. film it but just we just need this five second thing for you, you may or may fun. not be cut out of the finals yeah we're probably gonna we're probably gonna cut you right. you're gonna be on the editing room floor in tony lazaroni's bedroom That's but right. you know still the opportunity is there for for pe- people and friends to have fun and like i know we've had a uh the, our, our guest mike visser yeah 
who came on with Tony for a Clone War. And, and Mike has done so many random cameos in some of the movies uh, that that we've written for Crowded Elevator. And it's just awesome to see him come in and do like two or three lines and then he's, and done. he's done. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, I had a fucking blast done with for that. The day. Like, yeah, I know. No, that's fine. So that's, that's definitely what these people did too. But the funniest part for them was they kind of come off this bus and they look around and they start to get their binoculars out and they start looking around like they're really interested. And then what was it? Loopy decides that she's done. She doesn't want any any part of it. Oh, tourists show up. Right, yeah. And she's like, ugh, tourists. tourists. That's right. Ugh. So she kind of like breaks and away that's... from her own foliage and decides <laughs> to go back inside. And the whole garden just kind of like rots away. <laughs> so seconds. so every, all the tourists get back on the bus and they're gone yeah. in like 12 seconds. And then it, you know, it, it solves one problem, right. but it creates another problem. It's like well, the dad loses his uh, hat. Yeah, it's like what what is it like the you know the like you have mice in the kitchen so you buy a cat but then you can't get rid of the cat so you, so you a buy dog. a dog and then you can't get rid of the dog so you, you know you you read old yeller to it I don't remember the adage That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Fair. So you know they so now Loopy well now <laughs> now Loopy is ta- is has been held up in the bathroom for 2 days. And will not come out yeah. uh, and share uh, the bathroom with her. So brother. her brother's just standing there, like pounding the little door, like, like she's been there for two days. Do you remember the the nickname that she is like something Stinky Pits? <laughs> she calls she had, him. At the she end had of a the bunch episode. of good little like one liners, but now I think Stinky Pits was the one. <laughs> she's like, hold your hold your shorts, there, Stinky Pits, or something like that. Yep. Hold your horses, Stinky <laughs> like, Pits. Like, yep, all right, <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah, and then Henry hits a hole in one into the Grand Canyon. He's like, well, see you next time. End of episode. End of Kablam episode number one. So uh, now's the point where I want to ask you, let's let's go through those five and just rank uh, from worst to best. So which is your least favorite? Uh, I'm going to say Sniz and Fondue. I think I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. All right, what's your, I think Sniz and Fondue. What's your next one? Uh, ugh, this is hard. Including Henry and June too, don't forget. Yeah, I'm probably going to throw Henry and June in I'm there. I'm with you so far. Okay. All right, so next. Uh, I'm going to say then uh, Prometheus and Bob. Here's, I'm going to say. This is where we might differ. I'm going to say Life with Loopy here. Okay. Yeah. So then I think we're just switched yeah. for the next two. Uh, my number three would be Prometheus and Bob, and yours would be Life with Loopy. Yeah. And then obviously we'll switch that. My number two is Life with Loopy, and your number two is Prometheus and Bob. Yeah. I think we could both agree that Action League now is. Is, is the number the big one. Winner, yeah, I think I think yeah. that's probably the best one. I don't know. I was thinking before like that and Prometheus and Bob because I really did love the style of storytelling. How it's just so there is no dialogue. It's just it's all that physical humor. And as a kid who like grew yeah. up watching Three Stooges, it was like the same thing. So it was like watching right. Three Stooges just without any dialogue. And I was I just had a blast watching it, wondering what they were going to do next, and just all that silly stuff. So it's, it's, funny, a, it's a close even one growing even growing up with. Uh, Three Stooges yeah. and, and watching Prometheus and Bob as a kid I was just like I'm not really super into this but like watching it now as an adult I'm like oh no this is this is really well yeah. done this is very smart This that was the one that Crap. I watched with my, my brother who was probably he was probably six or seven at the time when this came on and that one was okay. I think the one that got like the biggest laughs out of him because there was just like okay. a stupid caveman and then an alien who kept getting hurt and then a dumb monkey but he didn't really know like a lot of the dialogue and stuff from the other ones. So I think he would watch that and he would just crack up and that always made me laugh. So I think nice. that's, so they're, they're a close one and two, but other people have uh, different opinions on this one. So Ooh, we do have a review boy, do they? recommendation. Uh, yeah. This one's fun. 
<laughs> Actually, I sent you two, I think. Did you get a chance to yeah, check yeah. out that second one? Yeah. Do you think that that's the same person from before? Because it's almost like verbatim what we've done before. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. I was curious whether or not... I don't know. This is. Well, do you want to read the first yeah, one? I'll read the first one. We'll decide if we want to read that second one or not. Because I feel like it's okay. verbatim one that we've read before. The same damn person. Anyway. So this review is titled, Even Beat, quote, All That. So in other words, I think it's better than the show All That. This is from Lifelike from Seattle, Washington, back in 2005. Any hardcore Nick fan as myself, back in the 90s when the programming was good, would know that Kablam! was the best show on the entire station, <laughs> topping even the <laughs> SNL for teenagers spin of All That. <laughs> Kablam! featured two animated characters, Henry and June, who hosted a comic book Esquire sketch show. I'm thinking they meant comic book-esque. Esque. But yeah. also Esquire. Uh, Esquire. Show featuring regular acts, Life with Loopy, Sniz and Fondue, with special scripts. The show was humorous to the extent that even as a teenager, I longed to see the show again. Good news, it's online. But like all good comedic shows, Kablam! went down just as SNL and all that did, grabbing for new plots until they canceled. It was a significant <laughs> loss to Nickelodeon, which now airs shows that aren't in the least bit nostalgic. But we will always have yeah, our that's, memories, that's I suppose, oh, as cliche as it sounds. <sighs> Boldface Live, by the way, Nickelodeon does nothing but nostalgia on their variety of networks. They have networks dedicated to nostalgia. Spl- yeah, let's go check out Splat. It's just called Nickstalgia. Nickstalgia? Yeah. Is it really? No. Oh, it, it might be at some that. point. That's a, gr- that's a great yeah, name. Well, trademarked. Damn. <laughs> Do you want to read the second review from the second time we've heard from Grace Zay? Yeah. Unless me, I had like a weird the, deja vu here. Let me read this because this does sound dangerously, it sounds dangerously like copy close pasta. to another. Re- right. It does. Uh, so... I'm going to be curious if we, as we do these Nicktoons, if we find Grace for viewing every other single stuff show. and we just get copy pasta from... I'm going to look for Grace's A every <laughs> single time I pull one of these now. These are both from oh, IMDb, okay. by the way. So uh, we have a... Uh, just the title is Okay Show. I don't know if she's simply saying like to the show, she's like, okay show, it's time to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Or if she's like, okay show. You're like, that's an okay show, yeah. <sighs> That's a uh, seven out of ten stars uh, from Grace in Chantilly, Virginia. <laughs> this is back in two thousand and six. She said, uh, "I used to watch this show when I was growing up. When I think about it, I only remember it vaguely." Well, that's how memories mm-hmm. work, Grace. Uh, I think you remember, literally you said that me, last time too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a copy pasta of myself. But that's fine because we're reading the same no. damn review. <laughs> I'll be your slender man. Thank you. So, <laughs> however, if you ask me. It was an okay show. Two things I remember pretty well are the opening sequence and theme song, which are pretty much. Here's the same my favorite thing. quote of this review. In a, yeah, I know. In, in addition to that, everyone was ideally cast. <laughs> also, the writing was okay. The performances were okay too. I hope some network brings it back so I can see every episode before I wrap this up. And please do. Yeah, please feel up, free Grace. to wrap this up, Grace. Before she moves on to the uh, next show, which is just going to copy this <laughs> fucking review. Copy, before I open Apple C, open <laughs> Apple V this shit. Uh, before I wrap this up, I'd like to say that I'll always remember the show in my memory forever, even though I, I don't think I've seen every episode. This, she's killing me every Grace. time. Now in, con- now in conclusion, mm. thank God, if some network ever brings it back, I hope that you can catch it one day before it goes off the air for good. I swear to God, this is like verbatim from, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it wasn't man, that long ago. Let's go back ago. and check our show notes. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago because she ends it in the same way. This like now in conclusion, uh, check it out. Like, uh, 
I'm, I'm truthfully, if we find that this is not Grace, and it is another person who listed their Gmail address, uh, we should invite them like on the show. In, in the in the review, I I'm going to email. I'm I know I I joked about emailing people last yeah. time, but I will email these two people and send them the reviews and be like, if you two have not found true love, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna play Tinder to put you together. Over Gmail, lifelike and, uh, and Grace is a Oh boy. So we should probably get to some recommendations. <laughs> well, do you recommend this one for people to check out? Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely check this one out. What? You know, I'd say at least check this one episode out and see. Yeah, this was episode one, by the way. I don't know if I made it right. clear. Yeah. Sort of with the uh, the variety and the style that goes into the show, I think it's worth checking out. I think the aesthetic for some of these are beautiful, but it could be really hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the show, certain segments are very polarizing, so... You know, it's it's tough. If you find a segment that you really do like, you can probably just YouTube that segment and find all the clips for it, uh, and then sort of cut a lot of the the fat of the Henry and June stuff, um, you know, or fondue and sniz. Yeah, or if you happen to like them, the the cool thing about the variety aspect is like, yeah, you will probably find stuff that you're not a huge fan of, but you'll find stuff that you really like. So, luckily now in the internet age, we can just find those bits and pieces that we like and not suffer through the other stuff. Uh, thanks internet yeah, thanks the you're the best internet so I'm, I'm with you internet. john i'd say definitely check this out just like we have for i think all the nicktoons so far um yeah and we will get uh to what we're coming up to next in just a little bit but i want to turn it over back to sean he's gonna let you know what he's got coming up in the next couple of weeks oh man uh <laughs> i don't have i don't have anything really planned until valentine's day weekend i'm gonna be performing in san diego uh, for the San Diego Improv Festival, will be in the, I believe, 9 o'clock showing. Uh, you can find out more information online. Just Google San Diego Improv Festival. If you don't have a date for Valentine's Day, come on out and hang out and see my show. Yeah. I won't be your date, but I'll give you a high five afterwards. So. That's a good deal. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we also will have shows kicking back off for Washington Improv Theater. You can always find more information about that at WITDC. That's W-I-T-D-C dot org. Dave, what do you got going on, buddy? Well, first of all, where can the folks find you on social media if they are so <sighs> inclined? They're 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 gonna find me and they're gonna love it. You're gonna find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Wonderful. And actually, Sean and myself <laughs> will actually be appearing on yet another podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we are. We did an <laughs> episode of Law and Order Special Viewing Unit with our friend and uh, previous guest on the show, Matt Reuter, as well as Aviv Rubenstein. And uh, they actually do a show where they're in the middle of going through every single episode of Law & Order SVU in order and then doing a podcast episode about it. So we joined them for the 11th episode of the first season, and that should be coming out in just a couple of weeks by the time you guys are hearing this. So look for that towards the end of January, early February. Uh, We will let you know when that show is live, and you can listen to us be idiots over there as well. Um, it's a pretty good <laughs> it one. Tur- yeah, it, tur- it turned. It, it was a lot of fun, and we were extremely happy that Aviv and, and Matt asked us on their show. It was great. It was good times. Uh, as for me, you can find me over at Collider.com. I'll be doing reviews for shows like The Flash, Arrow, and The Walking Dead when they all come back on from their mid-season Woo! break. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, and there's a lot of new shows coming out too. So Collider's a great place for movie and TV news, especially as we kick off the new year here. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. You can find out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork over at our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube. You can listen to us each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. 
And if you'd just like to drop us a line, suggest an episode for the future, just send us an email at saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us for this first episode of New Year's Nicktoons 2016. Sean, buddy, mm. what are we talking about next week? I don't know. What are we talking about next uh, week, football head? No, you football head. Move it, football head. Move it, football I head. I just want to find a saxophone so I can just play this theme song <laughs> for the next week. But <laughs> I love this theme song so much, it's, man. It's, it's good. so jazzy. It's so, it's so chill. Uh, hey Arnold. We'll be talking Hey Arnold. And this one's actually been in the news lately because they are kind of bringing it back for a new season. Bringing sexy back. Also bringing sexy back. So we will see how that plays out. But we will update you on uh, Hey Arnold past, present, and future next time on Saturday Morning Cartoons. Happy New Year and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.